Thank you for listening to Flow Working, the entrepreneur's podcast. Make sure you find, follow, and please review us on your favorite podcast platform. If you're interested in being a guest on my show, you can sign up at flowworking.net. I'm your host, Megan Anderson. More people than ever are starting the entrepreneur journey and learning a lot in the process. On this show, I sit down with regular people who are running all types of businesses to discuss the ideas, opportunities, and strategies they're using to build, grow, and thrive as an entrepreneur. In this episode, I had a wonderful conversation with Carlene LeMay about what it takes to turn a side gig into a business, how to develop a CEO mindset, and the importance of understanding how money flows in and out of your business because profits and revenue are not created equal. to this episode. I'm your host, Megan Anderson, and today I'm joined by my guest, Carlene LeMay. Carlene is the CEO and president of C2 Accounting and Business Support, a boutique accounting firm supporting growing small businesses and entrepreneurs. C2 Accounting provides bookkeeping and CFO services to small business owners so they can focus on growth. Carlene recently launched Side Gig to CEO, a consulting arm of C2 Accounting, to help entrepreneurs fulfill their goal of turning their part-time business into full-time enterprises. Her small business financial expertise has allowed Carlene to work with clients across the U.S. in a variety of industries. She's passionate about entrepreneurship and driven by her desire to see other small business owners live their dreams. Carlene, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you as my guest today. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. Yes. So... You and I have had a chance to meet before, and I always get excited when I'm coming back with people. You did something new. Tell us just a brief bit about this new consulting arm and how that is going so far. Yeah, so it's literally brand new. We're just getting started, but the idea has been there for a while. So I work, as you said in my, in my bio, with a lot of small business owners. And like myself, I started this as a side gig, and now this is what I do full time. I'm building my team, and I've noticed that some people are struggling. Their dream is to have to for their part time business to fulfill them full time, and we want to make that happen. We want to help them to kind of get the support they need, not only from us, but bringing in a team of experts that are going to help them to get to where they want to go. Oh gosh, that is so wonderful. I know a lot of the audience here are entrepreneurs somewhere in their journey. And it is such Mm -hmm. that, that transition, like you said, you started as a side gig and you're super passionate and excited, but you got that nine to five or the full time. And you have this dream. So I love to hear that you're taking your experience and turning that into really helping each other um, in that entrepreneur spirit. So that's super exciting to hear. Love to hear when new stuff's going on. So I know big parts of when we take that leap, especially side gig, cut the, cut the nine to five is the, what we dubbed the CEO mindset. So yes. share with us a little bit about that CEO mindset, maybe some of the stuff that you see show up for your clients and how, you know, how to really take that on so you can really make it a full-time gig. Yeah. So I learned early on that the term CEO is not just like a title that you put in your business card. It really is a mindset. And even then, there are some people who are afraid to even put it on a business card because for some reason, I think it's that imposter syndrome. Like they don't want to say, 
is the seems a bit presumptuous to say I'm a CEO, but when you think about it, what does a CEO do? They're just the decision maker for an organization. Well, that's what we do every day as small business owners. Um, so I talk about embracing that. So there are like some there are different traits, and you know, understanding yourself, being introspective, kind of understanding where maybe you're weak, and then building a team around you to kind of support those areas. Um, you know, how to communicate, not just with your clients, but with vendors, I mean, you have to stand up for yourself to make sure that you're kind of standing on your own ground. Um, I think the last one I'm going to say is they're good, confident decision makers, because at the end of the day, the buck stops with us. So you've got to understand why you're making the decisions that you're making and be able to stand by that. And I'll talk a little bit more about that when I talk about your know, finances, because that's going to feed right into making good decisions. Yes. No, I think it's super important what you, you brought up was, was understanding your weaknesses. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that because they're like, oh, mm-hmm. no, I got to do it all. Like, oh, I'm, I'm the CEO. That means to do it all. But it really doesn't. It means being effective in, in what right. you're doing. Um, so how do you help people when it comes to embracing that part and maybe delegating or creating right. you know, yeah. what that looks well, like? If you're doing it all, you've just created a job for yourself you really haven't created a business. So I know for me, and I have to speak from personal experience, my goal when I started this business was truly to build a business that either I can walk away from and have it run itself or to sell. Because I didn't get in this just because I, I, you know, I mean, altruistic, I really do want to make money. So I had to think like that. And, um, you know, it's, it goes back to, um, I just had a, my brain just kind of went away for a second, but I'm going to get back there. <laughs> it happens, right? And of course it always happens when you're on a video call. Um, but yeah, mo- most importantly, I think is understanding kind of what your goals are. So is your goal to create a legacy for your family? Is it to have your kids come into the business one day? Um, think about that and kind of start with the end in mind. You know, what is it? The, uh, seven habits of successful people think about the end and kind of work your way backwards. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's super important in, in embracing that CEO title and, and really mm-hmm. pulling that in. So I know where you kind of started in that side gig was with bookkeeping and numbers and, and, and the accounting piece. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how, you know, as that CEO, embracing that decision-making, how do numbers play in that? Because I'm with you that numbers play a huge part in that right. decision-making yeah. process. So a good CEO does not make decisions in a vacuum. And we're all number driven. I mean, your business is number driven. How do you know if you can afford to spend your team? How do you know if you can launch a new product or you know, um, create a new course if you don't really understand kind of where you are today and where you're trying to get to? So obviously being a bookkeeper, I'm going to push for that. <laughs> you got to have an accounting system in place. And when I say accounting system, I think people just kind of go, that's, that's a lot. And I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. And you do need to have a system. I, and I don't, when I say a system, I mean more than a spreadsheet. Like to all of those who are still using spreadsheets, I apologize if I step on anyone's toes, but it's not scalable, right? So as a CEO, if you're trying to grow your business, you want to put systems in place that are going to be scalable, that you yourself don't always have to manage. And that spreadsheet is usually, it's what works for your brain and your brain only, and no one else can kind of step in. So um, definitely putting an accounting system in place is going to be key. And then running reports, understanding basic terms, what's a profit and loss statement, 
what's a balance sheet? I mean, I have, you know, started doing training with people for just the accounting software piece. And I would say, okay, this is your balance sheet. And I would look in the camera and it's deer in headlights. And then I stop and I'm like, wait a second. So when I say balance sheet, do you know what I mean? And you know, they're a little embarrassed sometimes. They're like, no. And so we kind of step back and like, okay, let's talk about what you should know. Here's some basic terms that you should understand as a business owner, just to have a conversation and to feel confident when you're speaking to a vendor or, or a customer so that you sell, like you sell, you feel like a CEO that you are. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing about numbers is, and I, I've heard so many people say this, oh, I don't like data. I don't like mm-hmm. metrics. I don't, but the numbers just really help you understand a few basic things. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of those basic things because I think it goes to that CEO mindset of understanding, okay, so how do numbers really help you get an, a grip on how much business you're actually doing? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. So, okay. So I read something somewhere. It said revenue is vanity. Profit is reality. So, yeah. So we all want to, a lot of times if you see these companies, especially tech in the tech space where they're having 10 million in annual revenues, but if you look at the bottom line, they're still losing money because their expenses are just so out of control. Now, most, a lot of small businesses are not immediately profitable, Right which is why a lot of us will start on the, as a part-time basis so that we can still have the comfort of a full-time income while we're building it up. One of the fastest ways to profitability is going to be controlling your expenses. So if you are using metrics like, okay, I have whatever my revenue is, I want my gross profit to be, you know, to say 35%. So then I need to get my expenses down to say 20% because I want to have a profit at the end of the day of 10%, I'm gonna show if my numbers work, but you, you get the point, what I'm saying here. Um, so not being afraid to actually look back and, and step back and say, okay, how can I make this work so that it so that I am earning the living that I want, that I want to learn? It sucks to work all day and see that you, at the bottom of the day, there's just this little bit of money left and you don't know where it went because you're not controlling your expenses. Yes, so I, I will say one of the biggest mistakes that I've, I've seen, I've done it, you know, is just letting, oh, I need this software, I need that software, oh, this thing, oh. and not understanding what you're paying for, how you're using it. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. So what's a really easy way for people who are out there who are, who are looking at that? And they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I had a $5,000 a month and I have a hundred bucks left at the end. What are some easy ways or some tips for people to learn how to like easily reduce expenses, um, you know, maybe just through softwares or, or little things like that. Um, yeah. yeah. One, you have to have, you have to be able to see what you're spending, right? So like, that's, that's just step number one. If you don't have it all aggregated in one place, you really can't see where the money went. Um, and then you need to, especially when it comes to software, because like I said, I'm guilty too. I am a software geek. I love technology. Um, understanding if it's not impacting the business, if it's not moving the business forward, if it's not making you any money, if it's not making your life easier, you can probably get rid of it. So that's, that's kind of, for when it comes to software, that's going to be, I think, a good rule of thumb. Yeah, no, and I, because I think that is like the fastest way to just go through and go, wow, I have six things, you know? Right. And, and sometimes they're duplicates of each other. You forget, I, right? Yeah. Sometimes you've got this software that you use every single day, but you're adding this thing because you think this, and then you're like, 
just ask, does this do what I need it to do? Yeah. Maybe yeah. you have to learn something new, but it, at least you could get rid of an expense because you're exactly. right. The fastest way to grow that number that's in the bank, the actual cash is just to get rid of expenses. Exactly. It's harder to go out and be like, okay, I have to get 10 new clients to make more money. Well, Mm -hmm. do you or could you just reduce what you're spending so what is an, and you know I know that your new uh, consulting is helping people step from the side gig to the full time so talk a little bit and you can share some of your own you know journey and path in here but what are some ways that people could actually start you know getting into that full time and tr making that transition well, a basic one, I think, is having some money put aside. I mean, because, yeah, get, get your finances in order. Get your personal finances in order. If you, if you can reduce your debt load, I mean, anything that's going to help you conserve cash is going to be king. In that first year, try to really reduce how much you're The first year that you're going to go full-time, if you go, okay, I have some money saved. I have a small client base. And what happened with me personally I had so many clients because I was still working full time. I just couldn't get any more. I couldn't take another meeting. And I actually hired a part-time person while I was working full time. So that's another option. You may, maybe where you can get a virtual assistant or some sort of part-time person. Um, but in that first year, minimize as much as we talked about this already, but minimize your expenses as much as possible. It's going to be so tempting to buy every course. <laughs> it's going to be so tempting to buy, to pay for every piece of software. I don't think you can buy your way to success. I think there are people in systems that can help move the needle for you, but you really have to understand, am, am I going to get a return on my investment? Um, just to give an example, I, there's a, a person I recently worked with just to get her set up for her bookkeeping. And I saw how much she spent on the website, on brand photos, on um, logos, things that are nice to have, but you're not, it doesn't bring you any kind of clients. And so I just recently was helping her with something else. And I saw she's getting new brand photos. Now, granted, sales are minimal. So I go, why? It, 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 and you kind of, in, my, in this particular case, I, I thought about, are you, afraid to kind of really be in business and you just want to play business so you know ask yourself that question are you ready are you ready to kind of look in the mirror and make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do because there's no one there's going to be no one there who's going to push you it's all on you no it is that is such a great piece of advice because at the end of the day having a flashy flashy website that you're not driving any traffic to mm -hmm. There is, you know, I, one of my past clients gave the best piece of advice I ever heard, go out and get one client, serve them really, really well. Yes. And, and then stair step that to two and then stair step that to five and then decide, you know, exactly. so, I mean, get your, get the name of your company and what you do and then start serving humans mm -hmm. and start generating that, that building, because that's really what business is. Let's, let's right. really be honest. That's what business right. is. No, and I'm not saying don't get a website because oh, I yeah. think yeah. That, uh, usually for most of us, a one pager just to start off, just to have a placeholder is all you need. That's it. Mm -hmm. You can go buy your domain for <laughs> like 15 bucks. Mm -hmm. There's lots of places you can do it, but you can go buy your a domain for really, really inexpensive and then just get something that's that one page landing page for, again, it's not a large, you know, a couple of hundred bucks, maybe, but you don't need right. to spend the thousands of dollars having someone create this fancy website. 
Because then no one is really going to look at. <laughs> nope. The, the, mm -hmm. if you, you know, the build it, then they will come does not work for business. Let's just be honest. <laughs> build it while they're, you know, coming. coming and while you're working and, and staying and you're right, that first year, you really need to stay where 90% of your time, you're actually working not on your business, but you're actually doing the thing. If you're a bookkeeper, if you're like me, you're a podcaster, you're actually doing the thing that you're well, making money for. You, you just said something that was really, I thought that just stuck in my mind. You said, build it, build it as they're coming. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we build things or we create things that we think our audience wants to hear or see, or that we think the world wants to hear and see. But what we probably should do is step back. Like you said, get that first client, get the second client, hear what they want, and then build it to serve that audience as opposed to the other way around. Yes. I think you'll, you'll have way more success. You'll have way more success <laughs> doing it that way. That is so true because then, because you're getting their input while you're building something, that, you know, because we all have skills. We all know, you mm -hmm. know, we have a problem that we can solve, but that mistake that you just said that people are like, I'm going to build this business. Okay. You're yes. going to play business. <laughs> and, and it's sad to watch other humans who could really do great things just kind of fall apart. Exactly. Not that right. basic. So mm -hmm. it was interesting a minute ago, you talked about even while you were making that transition, you started building your team. So you hired yeah. a part-time time human. So what's the, I mean, we talked earlier about decision-making and the importance of having a team. What is, you know, what's a way that we build a team and why? Why is it okay. we have that team around us? I want to clarify team. I don't always just mean hiring a direct hire because for your team could be the marketing consultant that you just use when you need them. It could be even with me, with your bookkeeper, you may not be at the point where you're ready to work with us on a monthly basis, but investing in some training so that at least you have a foundation. And then you have access to us. If you have questions, you have someone in your back pocket. So definitely want to make sure people are not thinking they have to go out and spend money hiring a team. There's definitely building a tribe. I use the term building a tribe around you. Build your small business tribe. Um, and, and even in that tribe, I will just say before we go back to specifically hiring, um, get an accountability partner if you can. Like someone who is, in the same you know, boat as you, maybe in the, even the same stage of business ownership as you, and you guys can definitely check in and say, okay, last week you said you were going to do blah, blah, blah. You know, is it done? And I think having, I, I can speak for myself, knowing that I have to show up with Megan every Tuesday and tell her I didn't do the work, it's, yeah, it's going to get me to do the work. Even if it's on Monday night, I'm getting it done because I have to show up with you every Tuesday. So that's definitely some advice. Um, when it comes to hiring, Right now in the market that we're in, I mean, everyone's complaining about this hard to find people. And it is. So that's the think outside the box. You don't have to have a direct hire. You can definitely get someone who's a contractor, someone who maybe doesn't work just for you. They're working for other people as well. Um, outsourcing using um, overseas talent is always an option. So there are a lot of ways. And, and if you don't hire someone directly, then you only, you only need to use them when you need them so that way you're not having this permanent outlay of cash you can only use by project and sometimes that's a, best, a better way of going about it i yeah absolutely a lot of times we have this misconception especially if you are coming from the nine to five world into being an entrepreneur if you're making mm -hmm. that transition you have that employee mindset not the ceo mindset you think oh yes. i have to hire people well that's how my boss did it well you didn't see the 10 years that your boss spent, you know, 
having one employee, working late nights, you know, let's be honest, being an entrepreneur, you're going to work more in that first year than you ever did at a nine to five. Mm-hmm. Okay. But outsourcing, there's so many ways that you can outsource little pieces, especially if I always tell people, if your learning curve is going to take you more hours than the task itself, you need to get somebody else. It's worth the, the extra little tiny expense because your time is money. So if it's going to take you 20 hours to learn a five hour task, hire someone, yeah. like yeah. get that, get that assistance in there. The I can do it myself attitude is it's so limiting and it it definitely will slow your trajectory and growth because, and I had to learn this the hard way because I just, I was like, I can do it the best way. So I will just do it myself. And then, yeah, you're working all the time. And, you know, we also, a lot of us got into business to have some, some ownership over our time. Right. So I don't want to work 24 seven. Um, one other thing I just thought of that was directly in line with this is documenting those processes. So if you are a CEO in, in, in the making yep. who is currently doing everything yourself, yep. your one takeaway from this conversation today is to start documenting everything that you're doing. Get it in some sort of format where if you hire someone tomorrow, they can look at the documentation and do it for you. That's, I think that's what the problem is, is we, so the reason we don't want to hand it over because we're, we have to train someone and it yep. seems daunting. Yep. But if you're, if you record videos, if you're doing something on your computer, just use a zoom and record the screen or loom and just record it. That way someone can go back and, and mimic exactly what you just did. Yep. It's that's super, great. super simple. I, I tell people that all the time and they're like, I don't like processes. I don't like procedures. I'm like, but you have them. Mm-hmm. So like you said, Turk. I don't care if you just have, you know, like a little stand with your phone and you're talking <laughs> through it the whole time. Exactly. Get out of your brain because mm-hmm. it, and onto paper because that's going to cut your time down. The moment yes. you're like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Oh, that's not mine to do, but here's how I want it done. You just have to give them that video, that transcript, whatever it is, and then they know what you need because communication is number one when building a team. You have to be able to communicate what you do so they can- right replicate it and they'll never do it exactly like you and that's okay sometimes they do it a lot better <laughs> yeah well they're actually I, this is something i read a few years ago i think mm-hmm. if i remember correctly it's something like there are doers there are um there were three yeah. so there are three yeah. levels but basically their task with someone will just do do exactly what you tell them to do yep. and there's another level where they're they're doing a bit more this uh, work on it. Maybe they're putting some processes in place and then you have the expert. So you're going to pay based on those three levels. So if it's a simple admin task, what you can pay for that is really low because they can just follow your steps. Um, but definitely hire the right person. So don't, I guess my point is don't cheap out. So (laughs) so if it, yeah, so if it's going to be an expert task, then you don't want to hire someone for five bucks an hour because you're going to get five dollars an hour you always get what you pay for so that's good advice in building the team so (laughs) carlene i've loved chatting with you and learning a bit more like you said that process and how you you know are starting to transition helping others through the journey that you yourself took from side gig to ceo which i love that you're adding that to your business services so for the audience who are listening and watching what is one really great way for people to get connected with you today? So today, um, just go to SideGig, SideGig, the number two, CEO.com. We will be launching that soon. We'll be there. Yeah, that's fantastic. To the audience, tap the link. It's right down below. Get connected with Carlene. 
get a conversation started so you could turn your side gig into a full-time gig, which I think is always the dream. Carly, thank you so much for joining me and being on the show today. I've appreciated our conversation. Thank you for having me. To the audience, I am wishing you peace as you flow off to the rest of your business day. We will talk again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Flow Working, the Entrepreneur's Podcast. Make sure you find, follow, and please review us on your favorite podcast platform.